The warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching. This is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science: storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is. Hi, I'm Helen, and I teach reception year one children at the moment at a small school in Buckinghamshire. And I'm Nicola, and I teach year six children um, at a school in Hampshire. And I've spent time in my career also teaching students at Teach Training College at university. And today we are exploring English learning outcomes with a folk tale found all around the world on the importance of balance, adapted by us to feature legendary pirate queen Grace O'Malley. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Pirate Grace and the Mermaid Medicine. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an Epic educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback, beautifully illustrated by Erica Terry Rose, as well as the full audiobook for you to download at any time. There are even some tips there for telling the story yourself, and a whole heap of resources to go with the lesson ideas we're about to discuss, including any extra lesson ideas that we don't have time to fit into this podcast. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Helen and Nicola here and see what English outcomes there are for Pirate Grace.、Um, who'd like to kick us off with this one today? I can do. Go for it for ages four to seven. So, for my English-based activities, I'm going to start with Mer People because、um, <laughs> what young child doesn't like Mer People?、Uh, someone's detected why we chose to set this global folktale on a pirate ship with mermaids. <laughs> 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 I thought it would be a really creative English project to look at the idea of mermaids and mermen.、Hmm. Children will probably have a stereotypical image of them in their head, but they might not actually know much about them、um, hmm. or about the mythology around them. <laughs> so I thought it would be great to do a little bit of work around that and to you know, do some kind of non-fiction report writing about mer people, find out what is believed about mer people, about where they live and、um, mm-hmm. how they live and. The mythology around them,、yeah. and I just had this image that the children could do some lovely artwork, which you know will come to another time,、um, <laughs> <laughs> and then create facts or find facts, but they can also be partly made up facts because I think I've talked about before、mm-hmm. using mythological creatures to do non-fiction report writing is really、yeah. helpful for all children, but especially young children because then when they're writing, they're not held up by the ideas, which can happen、mm. with non-fiction writing if they suddenly have run out of things. To say about hedgehogs because they don't know the facts, their writing slows down. But actually, if they're able to create some of those facts themselves from what they know, that can be a powerful way of helping them to have plenty to write and take ownership of their writing. Absolutely. So that was my first sort of idea: a guide to mermaids or mer people. And you can do that. You know, you could make a book.、Mm-hmm. Um, I really like with my early years children, and、uh, when you've got reception children that are either. Writing a sentence, or might still be at the stage where adults are scribing for them. Could create a class book. Then the children like to take ownership of that. So you could do a book all about mermaids and mermen,、yeah. and that gives you the opportunity. Like I've got a mixed age class, so actually that means that everyone can contribute to that book in their own way. It doesn't mean、mm. everyone needs to be writing a nonfiction report. <laughs> you can have、um, each child writing their own bit and creating the book together. 
Um, so I thought that would be a good place to start for English. So it's the skills of nonfiction writing, but yeah. using fictional elements. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Being as creative as you like, <laughs> but teaching those nonfiction skills, nonfiction Coming. writing skills. Um, and then the second idea I had for the younger children is to do with living on the ship or being part of the ship and the ship's rules. Okay. Um, and again, I chose this because you could be very creative with it. You could do lots of drama and have a lot of fun, put children in role as the captain. Mm -hmm. um, and I specifically thought it would be a good time to use conjunctions with the year one, year two children ah. because they could write the instruction followed by the threat. <laughs> 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 Scrub the deck or something something um ah. if you do not this you will so i thought it'd be a good opportunity rather than just basic instruction writing which again early years you can begin with just a scrub the deck you know mm. um climb the rigging all the other rules that you want but then you can extend that to the older children by expanding it and getting them in role as the captain and being really bossy because we often talk <laughs> in the early years about instructions being bossy bossy writing and as a captain <laughs> if the children are in role as the captain you can really get that across they're being bossy mm. they've got no need to be polite they're being bossy so you get that bossy language and then you can follow it with a few pirate related threats just for fun <laughs> So do you actually call it that then? Bossy writing? Is, is that the learning outcome? Bossy verbs is used with older children as well. Oh, we, okay. We, okay, that's good. Imperative verbs are bossy verbs. So yeah, we I often use that. <laughs> We're going to be bossy. <laughs> Excellent. But you don't often get the chance for the children to be enrolled as someone quite so bossy as a captain. So it'd be a really good opportunity to do that. Fantastic. Watch out for sharks, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> or scrub the deck or else you'll be seeing the sharks. <laughs> yeah, or you'll be fed to the shark. <laughs> the children would have a lot of fun with that. Yes, that's okay. what I thought for the earlier years. Do we have something as fun for ages 7 to 11, Nicola? I'd like to think so. Something that I've done with my children, sort of age sort of 10 and 11, sort of slightly older, is to create speeches. And mm -hmm. something that came through, I think, in our previous podcast was about kindness. Yeah. And the children writing a speech about kindness. There's some fantastic links online, which I'll share for this podcast, mm. where there is already somebody that's written a speech about kindness, a little girl that speaks, and it's quite inspirational. And I think children write writing their own speeches and then using those words helps them to almost embrace the language that they're saying as well and hopefully teaches them at the same time as them saying it. So to teach yeah. them to write persuasive speeches, thinking like they're repeating things in rules of three short sentences mm. about kindness, not necessarily talking to the story, but learning the lessons that they learned from the story within that context. Another idea is to think about Swabby, hmm. the youngest chap. I, I thought it was quite interesting in the story how he was the youngest. Um, and the fact that he's the youngest, he's still got feelings and he's still important, just like mm. our children are young in school, but they're important. And for him to write a letter, he's on this ship, he's been on the ship for a while, and he's writing a letter home to his family. And it could be that you write two letters, one just generally about his job and his new friend that he's found. And how does he feel about being friends with the captain's daughter? That might be something he's embarrassed about or he's keeping mm -hmm. quiet or something okay. he's proud about. And also writing a letter home then about what actually happened. Now, how does he feel about what happened yeah. as well? I know obviously they get married later on. It says that at the end of the text, but that's much later on. You could even have him reflecting on his life later on. But I think yes, thinking yeah. about his perspective, if you wanted to as well, thinking about perspective, you could also think about Grace and writing a diary entry mm. about what's happening. I certainly love this idea of, of letter writing in the character of Donald mm. and diary writing in the characters. Would you 
also with your age range of children um, get them to consider the sort of language that Grace and Donald might have access to because yes. being on a pirate ship I imagine they wouldn't uh, just use the, the <laughs> same words that, that we use um, yeah, right. be writing I a mean, lot I, of ours and <laughs> I was going to say I imagine that Swabby would be very you are and actually that was great because actually at age 10 and 11 in the UK we look at writing and we assess it hmm. and one of the things that comes through is actually writing in a different voice appropriately right. is, mm. is a much higher order of writing. So that would be a fantastic opportunity to do that. Yes. Then an obvious way for seven to 11 year olds is rewriting the narrative, but perhaps mm. doing it in an interesting way. So we just mentioned about voices. So in the text, it talks about the captain and it talks about Grace mm. yes. very separately. So when the captain's meeting the queen of the Mer people, the captain's giving the potion to his daughter grace is playing with swabby they're doing different things so actually mm. a narrative could be quite creative if you had the captain sharing his voice in the things that he does then you intercept it in the next paragraph with grace's voice coming through mm. um, and what she's doing and just it's quite a high order way of working but it, it could be quite effective and really challenge children as well yeah fascinating god i like the sound of that i'm, I'm I, I want to try that activity yeah. myself. Actually. George's marvellous medicine sort of has a great parallel with the idea that a medicine can affect and change grandma to make her really big and then really small. And this medicine is going to cure these people of the horrible cough that they've got. So mm. using that text in parallel with the text that we're talking about, and then potentially then taking the whole concept and writing it in a different context. So instead mm. of it being on a ship, what about we're talking about in a made-up society or what about we're talking about in our school society and using the same ideas, the same themes, but different characters and different settings to check the children's understanding of those key themes? Yeah, I mean, I've heard versions of this story that are set on spaceships, so you yes. can definitely put it in, Fantastic in idea. all sorts of different contexts. But yeah, it's interesting hearing you talk about George's marvellous medicine, because I think for that story, George tries to get the medicine to basically cure his grandma's meanness doesn't he mm -hmm. and it goes horribly wrong so um, it's kind of a, a comical version of things going wrong as opposed to the very serious version of things going wrong in this story so a great comparison talking about george's marvelous medicine has made me think of the part where he is making his medicine he's going around the house isn't he and he's, hmm. he's finding all sorts of things to put in it and i thought that would be interesting to take that idea you could almost write a recipe or a magic spell, <laughs> but take that idea for under the sea. If the ah. mermaid was making her medicine using things she found under the sea, what might she yeah. find? That might be quite interesting. You could do some pieces of writing. Again, older children might be able to, as you say, Nicola, look at George's Marvellous Medicine and actually read that together, look at it and then write their own version of that chunk of the book, but set under the sea. Um, so yes. the mermaid's looking for all kinds of things and you could do some great descriptive language about what she finds to go in her medicine. Which would be a yeah. much safer way to do it as well because then you wouldn't have them actually trying their medicine afterwards True. because they wouldn't have the ingredients in front of them. Good I'd love to take it one step further. I'd love to ask to the children, if you were queen of the mer people, what would you create a solution to get rid of in the world? So this was ah. to get rid of the cough. But if the queen of the mer people is just incredible, she could create a potion for anything. What is it in the world that mm. you would want to get rid of? Yeah. That's sadly all we have time for in this episode, folks. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast, or if there's a subject you are soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. 
Please do also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable, and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, Pirate Grace will help us teach maths. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! And we hope to hear your story soon! soon.